Hello again and welcome to the Developing Information for Driving Instructors podcast and uh, I'm Chris Benstead. Hopefully you managed to catch up with our previous conversation with Tommy from Smart Learner. So today we're going to be talking to Vicky Ambrose and we're going to be talking BSL, British Sign Language, and uh, looking at what Vicky has been up to since the lockdown has started. Let's get stuck in and see what she's got to say. Hello. Hello, Vicky. How are you doing? Not too bad, you? Good. I'm good, yes. Having a, a lovely, glorious... Um, are we Saturday? I think it's oh, Saturday. Oh, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I really don't know if I'm coming or going. Um, it's, yeah, I, I keep getting very confused. But yes, no, it's, it's lovely out there. Almost too almost too hot, but we won't ever say that. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. We, we're the never bad happy. weather will soon be coming. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So... Um, as I've said, we are catching up with ADIs who are doing various different things, who are at various different points in their in their career of, of ADIing. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to be chatting with a guy who's been doing it for nine months. Um, had a chat with a guy this morning who's been doing it for 15 years. So okay. if you could give me a, 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 a you know, brief synopsis of you and and then we'll we'll work on from there. And we're talking about the ADI career life. Yeah, how, how long have you been doing it? What did you do before? Oh, blimey. Um, I lived abroad um, for a little period of time. And when I came back, done various jobs. And then February of 95, I settled down um, in a full-time job as what was known then as a branch assistant with BSM. Started off on a, a, a wee provisional license as you do mm-hmm. um six months later i was pregnant with my first child um took maternity leave went back and thought right okay i either stay at home and do the whole sort of um be at home mum um but decided i wanted to make something of something yeah basically so i decided to go back and work really hard and and i was a manager by the time i was about 21 22 Okay. And then you always start off in small branches, work your way through, time went by, and finally ended up being manager of Ealing. And one day I just decided, because I looked after so many trainees in our pipeline at the branch and guided them through, made sure they had what they needed when they needed it, made sure... You know, some needed more than others, etc. And the trainer was based at my branch as well, so we worked quite closely together. And then, although theoretically I knew what they all went through from part one, part two, part three, um, I didn't know what it was actually like to do it. So yes. one day I decided, why not? Let's do the training. And my trainer said, well, what do you want to be an ADI for? I said, I don't. I just want to go through the motions. Yes. So he said, okay. Um, so we did. So I've done part one, part two. I had Part one, past first time, part two, second, part three, second attempt, which I was quite thankful for because it, it showed me and gave me more of an understanding as a manager, that feeling of being gutted that yes. you, you failed an exam. That's so important, um, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So although theoretically I understood and I was empathetic towards them, it's... When you've gone through it, 
you you do actually understand it a hell of a lot more yeah. a hell of a lot more um so time went by um basically i've got four children and when our third son was born um took maternity leave and then decided i didn't want to go back in the office i'd go on the road as an adi went on the road uh with bsm under franchise and done that for a period of time not for too long i must say um and then had then we made a decision my husband and i for me to come off the road to to be at home to support our third child boy um because we found out he was deaf yeah so we spent a lot of traveling um we lived in fulham at the time um we used to travel to Houston three mornings a week to a specialist speech and language therapist place, which was designed specifically for deaf children to get them to talk. And he has amazing speech. You wouldn't know he was deaf unless you saw his hearing aids on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically I've been, to, I've been on the road, off the road, on the road, off the road. And then when I was off the road because of Jake, I was then approached by Red Driving School to be a business development manager for them. They gave me West London, um, doubled the area in 12 months. Okay, so it's a, a li- pipeline that wasn't there. It's a little patch, isn't it, West London? West London. I'll say that, say that as an ex- ex-sales rep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's small but dense. Yeah. Um, so I think, if I remember correctly, when I took it on, it had about 30 instructors, West London, and say 12 months later, we had 60. Right. Um, and I resigned from them September 2011, and pretty much been on the road since, independent, own car, but then that died on me, so I leased the car for a period of time, which went back last week, so I'm car loss at the moment. That makes two of us. <laughs> Mine, mine's going on Monday. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I had the, the pleasure, so as you, you may have seen, I had the pleasure of my catalytic converter being stolen. Yes, yes. Um, so it, it's um, it's going into the garage on Monday, and uh, they very kindly are dropping it back to the lease company um, mm-hmm. once they've fixed it, so I haven't got to worry about the return of the car and any costs that might be associated. It, it, the people right. who stole the cat have done me a favour. <laughs> <laughs> 150 quid excess instead of whatever it was going to cost to get it picked up and delivered or to drive it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, yes. Blimey. Yeah, your house sounds like mine. I've got eight dogs. Oh, you've got eight? No, we've got three. So. <laughs> I've just closed the back window. So I'm in the back garden, so I've just closed the back window. <laughs> See, so, the dogs yeah, or the so kids. I've been independent. Yeah, I've been independent since, basically. Yeah. Um, I, would I have it any other way? Probably not. Um, being a mum, I've got my... Four children, two are adults and two are uh, sort of school age still. One, well, they're both secondary. She'll be secondary September. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's, it's been nice because I, I think with lessons, I've always, I've never sold the lesson. I've sold me in the lesson. Yes. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't say I teach. I don't know how to say this. I don't. I've always said I don't teach normally, whatever normal is. Um, yes. But that's what my students like. I don't know if it's the area or what, but they they recommend me. They don't recommend the lessons kind of thing. They don't realise they're, they're learning or they don't realise how much they're learning because the the way in which I, 
I teach. And I, I think there's a lot of instructors that, that say that and none of us really quite understand what we what we mean by it or we can't get that. Mm. It's hard to explain that. And I, I've always yeah. put it down to you get two types of instructor. You get the ones mm-hmm. that teach people driving yeah. and you get the ones that teach people driving. Yeah, and exactly that. The, that's the difference, isn't it? I think it's are you going to focus on the driving bit or are you going to focus on the person? And I know, you know, from 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 our dealings that we'll come on to in a minute, um, that that that's your your approach as well is is the you know the the bum on the seat next to you rather than the 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 driving bit, um, and yes, the focus is with them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because they're all so different, and and I think you can't you can't teach somebody to have people skills. You can't. Some some people can be with someone for, you know, say for the, the initial two-hour session. And you could get to the end of that two-hour session and if you were to ask that person, okay, so how much about your student do you know? Yeah. And they'll go, well, I know, know their name, I know where they live. Um, you know, it's their first lesson, never driven before, so we've done the controls lesson. Okay, so how much of the student do you know? But then you'll ask somebody else and they could just literally reel off this person to you. Yes. Um, and I think there's very few people and I think it's the same with anything not just being an instructor teaching someone to drive mm-hmm. but it's like if I personally if I meet someone for the first time you know if you've got a good egg a good get my teeth in a good egg or a bad egg yeah you know and I don't think that's a skill you can teach you either have that built into you or you don't I think if it's a skill that you have which is a natural skill to have I think that from that first session, you can really round off that student and make such a good plan of action for them. Um, more so than, again, it goes back to, is it the lesson or the person you're dealing with here? Yes. And I, I, I came across a, a really nice quote the other day, um, totally by mistake. And I, I love the ones that you find by mistake because I think you're supposed to find them. And, yeah, uh, I agree. And it was that the best way to convince someone that you're correct is to start by telling them that they're correct and then grow, you know, grow it on from there. Yeah. And I think if you can understand the person, then that helps you change opinions. And Of course. And we buy from people, not from, you know, um, from things, and therefore, if you like the, the the stuff we're selling, which for us is the safe stuff, the safe roads and mm-hmm. safe driving attitudes, if you can mm-hmm. if you can buy from that person, the instructor sat next to you, then they're going to take that with them and hold on to it and value it more, which is mm-hmm. you know, very much where I, I've always come at it from. Uh, with similar routes, so I, uh, you know, I was with yeah, BS, I BSM and and I did that side of things, and and then set out on my own and. And you know, have done various bits from then, and every single one of those has been about the individual and people like yourself. You know, um, that it's buying into what that person is offering, not necessarily the the product, but you know, yeah. the person is offering. So, if I if I cover how how we met, and then you can you can fill in the gaps of you. Yeah, put, go for it. You put an advert out. Um, was it pre-lockdown or was it 
just after? Um, I think it was just after. Just after. No, it would have been after lockdown, yeah. So yeah. you put an advert out and said, is anyone interested in British Sign Language? Which has been on yeah. my list for ages. Um, <laughs> I've, I followed Louise Walsh's, you know, um, learnings of, of BSL when she she was doing it. And we, we'd met up a few times, I think it was for Big Learner Relay stuff. And, and I learnt um, the two most important signs which was strawberry and caravan don't ask me why <laughs> they're, they're the two that stuck um I, I seem to remember that there was there was definitely food involved there might have been alcohol as well and uh, by the end of the evening everybody around the table knew strawberry and caravan um and I thought, you know, that's possibly not going to help me in the car. This is something I need to learn more about. And as we all know, none of us have got enough time to, to do these things. So yeah, definitely. With, with a little bit of time on, on my hands, um, apparently, and, and, and the, the opportunity to, to sort of touch base with yourself and, and the other ADIs that were, were getting involved... It seemed like a great idea, and I have to say I've loved it. So oh, brilliant. what was your... What was your plan? How how did you suddenly decide this was the time to make it work? And, and how's it been going? Well, I've been instructing now for 16, nearly 16 years. And Still new. <laughs> Isn't it? The, the guy this morning, I said, he said, how long have I been doing it? I said, 12 years. And you heard in his voice when he was saying he's been doing it 15. We're both still new at this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't think you could ever stop learning. That's <laughs> no. the thing behind it. Um, and I think I learned BSL probably 13-ish, 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not fluent, um, but I can get by. Um, I can certainly teach a deaf person to to learn to drive through to test with great success at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, some pass first time, some second. Um, which is it's quite rewarding. It, it's, it's more rewarding than... And getting a, a hearing person through just just and, and until you've gone through that process where you actually kind of get that feeling that it gives you as a buzz as an instructor um but earlier this year um we were about four out of six of us in this household were very very poorly at the beginning of the year and um, hindsight we are now convinced it was the virus that's mm-hmm. our take on it because of how poorly we were anyway time went by and then i started thinking you know this is something i keep wanting to do but I've just been so busy on the road i've literally get up go to work come home do what i've got to do and then i'm back to bed and yeah. then the cycle starts again sort of groundhog day so when the lockdown happened the brain starts ticking again because i'm not a person to sit down and do nothing i have to do something whether it's cleaning or inventing something or creating something. Or playing um, Hungry Hippos in the garden. Or playing Hungry Hippos If anyone hasn't seen garden, it, if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, if it's all right with you, I'll, I'll try and put a link to the video on the podcast because it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm going to try and find where I can get a tarpaulin from. Sorry, yes. The question is, are you going to link? The children being used as hippos, or my husband and I being used as the hippos, because we're heavy hippos. <laughs> uh, it looked, we were talking about it on, on our walk earlier, and uh, it was our one walk, we're not going to do it again today, and um, it, it was, oh, it looked awesome. I, I was, yeah, I was in hysterics, so yes. Sorry, so you are, you are, no, that's all right. you yeah. are clearly inventive. <laughs> um, 
so yes, the shutdown happened, and I thought, oh, do you know what can I do? And start looking around that I could decorate this, or I could do that. By the time I sorted out the garden, done this, that, and the other, and I was like, okay. I started thinking, and there was a lot of apprehension um, in, in posting in the group. Um, and the reason I say that is because I find sometimes when you post on groups, there is a percentage of, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, there is Never. people <laughs> that will literally shoot you down. And I have to say, if I am shot down, I will come back tenfold. Just saying on that note, there. <laughs> so you kind of like what avenue do you take? Now, I must say, um, a friend of mine who's also an ADI, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, is Emily Kroll. I know um, Emily. Yeah. Um, I was messaging her going, I don't know if I should do it. She's going, I'm telling you, it would be really fantastic. Just do it. Just post it. <laughs> and I'm like, right, I'm just going to make a cup of tea and I'll have a think about it. Um, and then once I posted it, um, because I'm not genuinely a confident person, but sometimes on these groups, I do sit back and think, should I post that or should I not? Normally, I just go straight in for the kill with what I do in life. Can I just say, Um, if everybody did that and sat back and thought, shall I post it, Facebook would be a better place. Oh, God, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Totally agree on that. Totally agree. (laughs) Um, but so you I did. went the post. Uh, yeah, but I did. I did. I did. Of course I did. Because as soon as I've done it, that's my name against that post. Um, and the response was absolutely phenomenal. I was, honestly, when I say blown away, I was blown away. I know there's like over 8,000 members on, on the group. Um, I had about, must be about 180-odd or just over 180 uh, people show the interest. So I sent, as you know, the, the, the that email out mm-hmm. about the vision of, of what I wanted this group to be about. If you, um, and then probably, so about 180-odd went out, about, and I think we've got about 70 in the group. Um, and posting the videos up one by one. I've got videos sitting there to be posted up now. Um, but... I'm not posting them just yet because everybody's at different levels. Some people are, they've gone through all the videos and they're ready. They're ready for the next one. And then you've got some that are on videos one, two or two and three. And I'm quite mindful that if I load too much too soon, it becomes overwhelming for a member and then they withdraw, which is not what I want. Um, so, yes, I've never really looked back. So when I post up now, I'm just... And I think we've got a really nice group there, a really nice group of people. There's not been one negative comment, post. Everything's encouraging, whether it's from me to the member or from one member to another. Yeah, And totally. I find... Yeah, I just find it... It feels like a little family. Yes. What I thought was really interesting, because, you know, I've got... Uh, yeah, must be nearly 12 years of, of Facebook behind me and dealing with mm. instructors. As you say, there's 8,500 coming on 9,000. COVID's been great for membership um, uh, on the group. Mm. A lot of those names that I've seen in, in the, the BSL group are people I don't know. I don't know whether it's people that are often quiet, the silent members, um, okay. that have come, come through, um, or... Or whether you know it's just names that I haven't particularly come across, and obviously the the 
Um, we'll call them the challenging posters are often the ones that and the names that stick with me. Um, so it's clearly not those. But yeah, it's it's just a lovely little community. I, I've really enjoyed, you know, the the whole BSL aside. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually I've enjoyed that little bit of community and you know banter and supportiveness and and everything else has been yeah has been great. So I know, I think it has done a been cracking good. job. But, but do you know what? It's it's the members that make the group. Always, you, right, yeah. you have the person that sets up the group you have the person that sets up the group sets the rules now i don't think there's really any rules i put on there just just be nice to each other that's it i mean we're all human beings we're all grown-ups yeah um it's down to that that individual but i think with the 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 learning of the bsl as i say i'm not fluent but i can get through what i need to get through with, with teaching as well and i do get people that will travel to me from miles away Mm-hmm. They'll get the overground, the underground, and I'll meet them at the tube station, my end, and then that's where we finish the lesson. Sounds and like you're teaching wombles. Sh- Sorry? Sounds like you're teaching wombles. <laughs> yeah, wombles <laughs> of Wimbledon and all that, yeah. Um, but they do, they, they would sooner have, the deaf people would sooner have an instructor that can teach them using British Sign Language, because <clears throat> they're more comfortable with that. And unfortunately, there's, there's not enough around the UK. I don't believe there's enough. Um, whether it's something that should be put in as part of training, you know, so be it basic. I, I don't. I don't know from, from from that side. That's down to the training world. Um, or it's something that they do as a self developmental thing, yeah. sort of further along, because it is a, a language in its own right. And the ultimate goal, as we know, being members of the group, is. That by the time we get through all these basic day-to-day signs, is that I can then move on and teach other instructors in the group how you would teach, you know, moving off and stopping, end of the row, take the next step, you know, all the stuff from the beginning all the way through to the end. What are these signs? You know, do you still deliver it in the same order of? Or, you know, and, and the other thing is as well, we all know that, when we're if we're teaching people, not teaching a lesson. Mm-hmm. When we're teaching people, is that we don't on during the lesson we don't just talk about learning to drive. We don't just the words that come out of our mouth isn't just about um, the instruction. Yeah. We talk about other things during the lesson. The student will talk. I know it's obviously difficult for a deaf learner to say something while driving, but you've got you know you, you'll probably find that you'll stop on the side of the road more frequently than you would with a hearing learner. Yeah. Um, and you do talk about little things at the beginning as you pull over, if you have a break midway through or at the end. And what, what I didn't want was for instructors just to only have the BSL knowledge for a driving lesson, which I could have quite easily done it that way. But I think it's wrong because there's an element of missing out of getting to know your student. Yes. You know, so that that is the ultimate goal. And ideally, it'd be nice if we can have a list of instructors across the UK where we can advocate and go, right, okay, you know, X amount of instructors nationwide, able to use VSL, get in touch, etc. One comes through. Yep, Chris lives here. Yep, he can cover that. Chris, have a deaf student inquiry. Happy to take him on. Yep, no problem. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's close. What we... Uh, the inverted commas, closing the gap. And it's closing the gap between driving instructors and the deaf learners. It's making that bridge. Yes. 
And I, th- I think interestingly, in the approach that you've taken, what's nice is that it's exactly what we've said. I love it when it goes full circle in that nice, neat bow about teaching mm. the person, not teaching the road and the and the car. Um, yep. And actually, if you can have that conversation with the, the person sat next to you, you can work the other stuff out because it's written in books. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you can point and wave your hands around and, and mm-hmm. you can get your point across. But actually, saying hello, please, thank you, um, being able to book your next lesson... Um, mm-hmm. you know, so that they know where they stand mm-hmm. is probably more important than knowing how the road works because also they've they've spent 16, 17 years being aware of, of that and mm-hmm. and seeing yeah. how other people do it. So, they're, you know, they're not silly. They can work it out in the same way that yeah. all, all learners can. Um, yeah. so, so actually, those really important bits which if you think of it as teaching driving instructors to sign um could have been lost i think you've done the right thing and, and it's definitely helped for for myself and uh and i was talking to uh, the lovely matt Shermer um when we did our, our zoom session and uh, as, <laughs> yeah to, you know I, I i'll be honest with you i think we were about an hour and a half and we probably probably did you know the signing for about 20 minutes because we were yeah. busy putting the world to rights um but we, we that we've got that one out of our system now so we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll focus next time um but he he was feeling the same that it was and matt and i are like yourself we like to keep busy um, we don't yeah. like to feel that we're not in control of things or, or trying to do things. So it's given us the opportunity to, to, to go at our own pace and, and work with it. That's good. And it means that I think everybody out there could happily do it and understand it and and work it through. Um, and, and I agree. I think it just even if they just pick up the, the basics and don't want to necessarily specialise... But if they've got someone that they're dealing with, not necessarily in the car, but in life, if they can say yeah. say hello. I, I came across um, um, driving, instructing and signing, um, sort of meeting each other when I did the QEF, uh, Queen Elizabeth Foundation course at Bastard yeah. um, for teaching with disabilities. And a lady came in who, who was deaf um, and... Uh, really interesting you know she, she was saying where where the difficulties she faced um were in the car and at that point i kind of thought yes definitely when i get time so you know we, we've, we've got a it's bit. very rewarding yeah <laughs> yes. it's very rewarding i mean you become when you have a deaf child child or a deaf sort of family member that wears a cochlear implant or a hearing aid you become or if you're learning bsl you um, you become so much more vigilant when you're out and about. If you're in the shop, in a restaurant, I mean, the two that once were in a restaurant, this was a few years ago, and my boy nudged me, he went, oh, look, mum. And I turned around, and in the um, uh, in the seating area next to us, five kind of, like, students sat down, females, mm-hmm. and they're signing away. And, of course, the waiter comes along. So I'm, I'm sort of been instructed with very good peripheral vision and I kind of got the girl's attention and I sort of said hi I said um 
do you need some help? Obviously, I've done this in sign language. And I said, okay, she said, thank you so much. She said, we'll be okay. But it was that offer. But then somebody else may take offence for the fact you've interrupted them. <laughs> yes. Um, it's quite a sort of a, a delicate thing. And, and the, the deaf community, it's, it's, it's shrinking because technology is increasing. Yeah. Um, and it's that fear of losing the community, which, which would be a shame. Um, because had we as parents not invested in this speech and language therapy in our son, we're very well aware he would have had to lean on sign language mm. to help him through life. But because of the investment we put into him at such a young age, for well, we've done investment all the way through his life, but it was solid for two years. Yeah. Because um, he couldn't talk, he couldn't, he didn't hear the birds tweet until he was about four. Okay. Um, and he didn't hear an ice cream band until he was about four. So we saved a few quid there. So I was going to say, on the we, old we ice just cream tell him. The music means that they've run out, so... <laughs> yeah, that, that's the alternative, absolutely. Um, how, but, yeah, I So I was going to ask you, how... As I said before, sometimes these things come into your life and, and, and they're supposed to be there. I got sent by one of my colleagues um, who's, for some reason, having a look through the census from uh, 1911. Yep. And she sent a, a screenshot through and it said... Uh, if any persons included in this schedule is uh, one totally deaf or deaf and dumb, two totally blind, three lunatic, four imbecile or feeble-minded, state the infirmity opposite uh, that person's name and the age at which they became afflicted. Yeah. Which, yeah, you know, we're going back 1911. So things have changed. Massively. Massively. <laughs> for, for the better. Have they changed mm -hmm, have they changed enough or is there still no. further no. that it needs to go? No. I mean the first and foremost is the term that they used to know, which was deaf and dumb. And mm -hmm. the, uh, the, I've always I've always believed that the term dumb has come from when a deaf person back in the day um where they were profoundly deaf, they would talk with like a nasal and couldn't yep. pronounce the words. It came out with this kind of, like a weird noise, if you like, like mm. a nasal sound. So like a muted sound, isn't it? It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where I believe the, the, the term dumb come from. So they sounded dumb. Mm -hmm. So hence the term deaf and dumb. And the thing is that deaf people are not dumb. If they can't produce the word, you have to hit, be able to hear the word for your brain to process and how to produce it from a verbal sense. Yeah. If you don't hear the sound, how can you reproduce it verbally? You can't. Yes. Um, so you would make a sound as to what you think you're hearing. Um, and that got, that's been faded out, although I, I know that term is still used in some cases, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not one to be used. Um, has it come far enough? No, there, there's still a huge gap. There's, there's still, I mean, if you look at the coronavirus things on BBC, people go, yeah, but if you put it on, I think it's Channel 603, they've got an interpreter there. Well, I believe that's the one that's after, but if you put it on the standard TV, if you look at yeah. Scotland, Northern Ireland, uh, Wales, other countries, New Zealand, Australia, and so on and so on, the translator is there in presence. Yes. Is there next to the minister or whoever it is. Um, 
translating as they're saying it, as they're announcing it. Mm. Why should they be left out? I, Why they've got to come second? That's been my, you know, my sort of some of my homework, if you like, of, um, and I think the other guys on the group have done the same. Watching, and it's amazing how it's everywhere, and you haven't necessarily picked up on it. Um, mm-hmm. But it is if you watch it on um, on the BBC website, it's on there live um, with mm-hmm. with someone stood there. But as I, was, I agree with you, there should be someone over their shoulder or you know next to them mm-hmm. doing it live because that would yep. be would, would be a step forwards. But just watch watching that and um, the number of programmes where it's it's come across um, as part of storylines, and I always think that mm-hmm. that shows the public appetite. Um, but that, yeah, say that you you can see how there's still these these gaps in understanding of the mainstream and, and trying to communicate in that other language. Yeah, uh, is is still there. So what you're there's doing? There's a massive gap still to be closed. What you're doing by by definition, because you you know that's what you've said you've called it is is closing the gap. Yeah. Um, are there other things that you would like to, you know, like like to do to to get that out there, or is is this the the, the focus at the moment? You think that will give us the best chance well, me, of trying to me personally, yeah. In terms of ADIs and I mean, I'd I'd like that to be grown if I'm all in all honesty. Yeah. But then it depends <clears throat> on what instructors out there. I mean, what you got to bear in mind here is I've done one post in your group. Mm-hmm. And that created 180 interest and say, I don't know, around half roughly, yeah. or just under half, have actually signed sealed and in that group and solid. Mm. Um, it needs to go wider because how many instructors have we got nationwide? 40,000. 38, yeah. 38 40,000. I mean, and this is, this, this is uh, you know, it's a tiny pebble in the ocean. Mm. Not even that. It's a it's a grain of sand in the ocean if you're looking at a comparison. Um, would I want it to grow? Yes, I would. Um, can I do it on my own? Mm, probably not. It, it depends how I could probably take it so far. I was going to say, I, I wonder. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could take it so far on my own. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know, there is going to come a point where we are back on the road. You know, yeah. um, where my time will be taken up. I suppose, instructing by day, BSL by night. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll get to a point, or it would be nice to see it get to a point, where I have to sit there and go, but, okay, need a partner in crime right now. Yeah. Need somebody to help lift this load and less broaden this further. I mean... <laughs> It's different things. It's, it's the location of the person as well. That's the other thing that would need to be taken into account. Because what sign? take a particular sign, just any sign, and it could be done, not all of them, but we could sign it one way in the south and it would be signed differently in the north. Mm-hmm. And that's called, okay. as, as you and I both know, regional dialects. Yeah. So the translation of that with the people out there is a bit like being a hearing speaking person and you've got an accent. The accent's different across the UK, and that can be also the case with signs. Yeah. So sometimes I will do a sign with a student. She goes, oh, what's that? And I'll spell it out. She goes, oh, no, no, I'll do it like this. So I'll go, okay, fine, I'll do it like that. And I'll, do, I'll change that sign for that 
specific person yeah. because they've come down from, I don't know, Scotland, for example. We, we all know that North starts at the Thames. Say that again? We all know that North starts at the Thames. Yeah. So, you know, above the Thames, below, that's fine. We don't need to go as far as yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because the the lady that I met through the QEF, um, she could tell where the different people in the room were from, um, because you know when when they were uh, when she was lip reading, she could see could see the accent, and we had that conversation, and she wow. she said that there are, you know, there are differences in in sign as well as in, um, you know, in, in speech. Um, yeah. I mean, the other thing you've got with this, it's not just instructors we're talking here, we're talking examiners as well. Yeah. Okay, so the thing that you've got is you've got instructors across the UK and examiners across the UK. So can instructors and examiners all stick to the same signs and have that as generic? Yeah. Um it's kind of a yes and no kind of situation because if you're doing that, are you not interfering with uh, the language? Does that make sense? So yes. they have their language and their regional dialects. Who are we to change what that is? So why should a, a northern person do a southern person sign or vice versa, yeah. for example? Although they do it with... Speech, like you know, um, you know, when they're doing it in in English, that they will say the examiners will word it like this. Um, so, so may, maybe that is a a way in with the D, DVSA to have some kind of standardised approach. That would be an interesting. Yeah. So, as instructors, if we're saying okay on the test, mm. this is how things would be instructed to you. But yeah. for during the lessons, we will sign like this. Yeah. For, for example, um, what what I I wouldn't want to see personally is it being standardised for everything across yeah. the board because yeah. then you're retracting their language, and I don't, I I personally don't think that would be um, the right thing to do. Yeah, I can understand that if you like. Um, yeah. Because it's very, they are very protective of their community, their people, and they're very protective of their language. Um, and many deaf people wouldn't agree with the fact that I'm teaching ADI's BSL. But I'm in the world of ADI, but I'm also in the world of having a deaf child. Yeah. Um, and have the ability to sign and have the ability to bring that skill forward. Yes. I don't, um, with the greatest res- greatest of respect across the board, I haven't heard anyone else come forward and say, whether that's a, an instructor or otherwise, um, whether it's a, you know an instructor, a VSL tutor, or a deaf person, or, or whatever it might be, or whoever it might be, and come forward and say, do you know what? There's a big challenge with learning to drive and being deaf. This is what I'm going to do about it. Mm-hmm. I know it's been it's been noted, hasn't it, that there's the pass rate is lower. Um, the the theory, theory test as well has been and you know a, a, a historic challenge for for deaf people. Um, yes. That the pass rate's always been lower, and but I think you're right. The solution hasn't been hasn't been identified or brought forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can all sit there and say, well, this is wrong and that's wrong. 
We can all sit there and be negative and yeah. go, okay, well, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Why can't they do it right? Well, get off your rear end and you do it. Do think about it. I What I've found interesting through through the journey that I've taken so far, which, you know, is, is baby steps, but the change in my thinking has been... Um, the fact that you've stated a couple of times today and, and you've stated previously is that it is a language in its own right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's we, absolutely. Matt and I were being challenged by the grammar. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the formulation of sentences is very different and um, the, you know, that very fact it's a different language, I think it's probably the issue of it being lumped in with that big heading of special special educational needs um, and, and disabilities. Yep. So, whereas actually, it almost needs to be tackled in the same way that they tackle Welsh. And yep. that we've always had this approach to the, the driving test and everything else. We've, we've had the, the situation um, that you'll be as aware as I am of the fact they've taken other languages out, but they've always kept Welsh in. And, and I... You know, I think rightly so, um, that it should be approached on that level rather than being um, on the, 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 the SEND challenges that are there, yeah. um, you know, on, on that side of things. So I think may, maybe that's, you know, that's where it needs to be addressed as, as a, yeah, a language rather, yeah, exactly. rather than exactly. So, I mean, so yeah. you, said, you mentioned a minute ago about the, um, the, the low pass rate. Mm. Um, for the theory test um, this was something I was looking into um, I think it was about two weeks prior to me kicking off the group that I'm currently running yeah. um, teaching ADIs and PDIs BSL is um, the, the challenge is I've spoken to a few people um, as I say prior to doing this group um, about the challenges of d- d- sitting a theory test and You've got the whole, again, you can either have a human translator, which I understand to believe to be provided free of charge, or you can have on-screen translator. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of questions about um, they can't ask a certain, I think it's about repeating and, and you can't get the screen to repeat and all this kind of stuff. And there's... I know there's talks between somebody else and the DVSA and this has been going on for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel that the DVSA themselves have probably not put in enough investment, whether that be time or otherwise, yeah. to be closing this gap, which I believe they should be. Yes. I And, um, I, and I think a large part of that is going to be down to understanding and... I like to think, you know, I've, I've, in in my teaching, I often the one that gets the the local uh, students that other people are struggling with for whatever reasons, um, and very often it comes down to understanding of their needs, and I think yeah. in this case it's an it's another version of DBSA not understanding the needs of, um, and although they they're trying. And they're they're trying to make allowances for or accommodations for. Actually, it's you know they they could do with um, someone who who is deaf at the DVSA who can see it from both sides. Um, yeah. And and then 
you know, try and try and even the playing field rather than, um, you know, uh, allow for people. And it's needs. getting that person who is deaf and BSL being their first language. Yes. Sort of working within the DVSA, um, but then again, have the D. You know, one has that type person approach the DVSA or has the DVSA advocated that there's a vacancy for yep. such a place. Um, and I, I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, they say we should never assume in this industry, but I'm assuming that that hasn't been take, taken place on, on both accounts. And as a, as a final thought, um, are you aware of any deaf driving instructors who, who only sign? Because I, I wonder, driving no, instructors. Because I'm, I'm wondering if um, you're allowed to qualify in sign language, in BSL, uh, you using it as, as mm-hmm. your way of teaching, because mm-hmm. uh, you're not allowed to do it in another language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you I'm, saying I'm, that? You saying that? They revoked all the translations for theory and practical a few years back, except except British sign language. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it would be wrong of them to block that from happening. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting thing to have to have a look mm. at, and uh, yeah, and and see if that leads a, an opportunity, even with a bit of a, of legal clout behind it for uh, you know mm-hmm. dis- discriminations. Although you know you, you end up saying, please don't treat it as a disability, but we'll clout you with disability discriminations or uh, Equalities Act. Um, yeah, you kind of can't have your cake and eat it. Well, the thing, DVSA yeah. do it all the time, and they always want their cake and eat it. So why can't we as well? Um, mm. <laughs> but I no, I think you know, really interesting, and, and there's definitely a, a a future there that hopefully will will look a bit brighter for everybody. Yeah, no, um, definitely, so, yeah. definitely. Lovely. It'd be well, nice for it to to grow. Yeah, I. I, I yeah, I look forward to supporting you from from the learning side of things all the way through that because I'm loving oh, it. Thanks, um, it's thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable and challenging as, as well. Um, I'm yeah. cur- I'm cursing you at least once a week, but I mean it in a really nice <laughs> way. Um, and uh, you know, I hope we can catch up in in a little while and uh, see where things are going from here. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Brilliant. Lovely. Well, uh, I will uh, speak to you again soon. I hope. Speak to you soon. Take care, Chris. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I found that really interesting. Um, Being part of the BSL Closing the Gap program has uh, really opened my eyes to lots of things, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it, which I hope came across. Uh, So, if you want to check out what Vicky is offering, I've popped her details in the podcast notes, um, or feel free to get in touch with me. Or give her a search on Facebook and uh, we'll make sure that you find out what you need to know to see if it's something you want to do. Look forward to speaking to you next time. So stay talking, stay safe, speak to you again soon.